going to be talking uh, simulation uh, and, and computational free dynamic with a brilliant engineer. So we had two engineers this morning, pretty big name, Ross Brown, Pat Simon, and now it's Mr. Ray Leto. Uh, and uh, I had the privilege of meeting Ray, uh, again, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ray has this incredible talent, I've said that before, to explain the most complicated things in a such uh, a simple way. We had uh, uh, Chassis Sim uh, yesterday evening, Danny Nolan, uh, who did also a brilliant job. So it is 9.59, and I think Ray is uh, prepared to share with us some really cool things about uh, CFD. So Brad Gilly, we're going to let you take over. And uh, we're going to uh, be on for something really cool for the next 25 minutes. Thank you, Francis. Thank you very much, Judy. And uh, I'm pretty excited about this because I truly enjoyed it uh, the last time we got to do this, Ray. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, for someone who really has pretty much zero understanding of what you do, it does sound pretty cool to say computational fluid dynamics. So uh, <laughs> the good thing is we have you actually on here uh, to describe uh, for us um, I, the, the title of this is Mapping Aerodynamic Performance Data Using a Streamlined Computational Fluid Dynamics Workflow. Um, so That's with that... <laughs> it is a mouthful, but but it, again, it, it, it'll make you sound really smart at parties, that's for sure. Um, even smarter when you can explain it like you can. But um, give us an overview of what we're talking about here today. And I know, um, you know you come fully prepared for these, so I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Brad. And, uh, yeah, of course, it's good to see Francisque and, uh, and Judy again. And and uh, obviously watching one uh, watching Marshall and, uh, and Zach for the last bit. It's been been fun so I'm a little distracted thinking like a race fan and uh, enjoying that conversation but I, I'm kind of the idea today is to kind of circle back on the the chat that we had last year and the talk that we did about kind of what you can do or why you would even do CFD or aerodynamic study on, an, on a, a racing vehicle and what you can get out of that so we're just going to kind of build on that this this year and talk about maybe dive down into how we've created a, a bit of a streamlined uh, application or a method for getting repeatable results in CFD. So on the computer, just like you were going to the wind tunnel uh, and doing repeated tests or going to the racetrack and doing repeated tests. It's the same motorsports mindset of being disciplined about things and making a, a quick process to be able to, to study the car and do development. So that's what we're gonna dive into today. Um, and and just show you a brief overview of how, how we go about doing that here at Total Sim. Uh, this is fantastic, and you know it, it's it's really amazing the industries within which you guys work uh, and everything that you do for the racing industry as well, and and what you have to offer. So uh, you know when it comes to exactly what you talked about, being able to do this inside the computer, getting repeatable results, and all of that. But where do we start with this here? Well, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the best thing to do is I'll share my screen. I got a bit of a slide deck to run through and maybe a couple uh, kind of captured a couple of videos of us working through the application. And then then I can show you some some results uh, and uh, and uh, go from there. How's that, Brad? Oh, perfect. OK. All right. There's my calendar. You guys don't need to see that. We'll <laughs> go to the PowerPoint and uh, hopefully you can see my screen now. Yeah, we can. All right, great. Uh, so just we'll, we'll start with a little recap of kind of who we are as Sim and our, our racing background. 
TotalSim actually started as Advantage CFD fundamentally back at Raynard in 98, where Rob Lewis and Adrian Raynard decided to kind of create a separate entity uh, within Raynard that was going to do CFD. And this was this was pretty uh, forward thinking at the time. There weren't even, not even every F1 team had a, a CFD department at the time. Um, and in fact, uh, that, you know, Ray, the kind of the history of Raynard is where, where uh, TotalSim evolved Advantage CFD stayed with uh, the, the F1 team, BAR, and then Honda F1. And in 2007, uh, basically the outside consulting part of the business, which was always part of it, like doing outside work that didn't focus on the F1 team, uh, was spun out to be total sim. Rob Lewis and a bunch of the guys that were at, at Honda Advantage CFD moved outside. At the same time, we've kind of started talking about doing that here. My business partner, Nathan uh, Eagles, and I, um, Nathan was uh, at Advantage CFD back in the beginning at Raynard, uh, worked on all the wind tunnels uh, for them at the time and did some car work. Uh, he started the CFD department at Williams F1 uh, in around 2000. So he was the first CFD engineer there, grew that up to uh, a team of probably 30 or 40 guys before he left and, and we started this together. So we're, we're based in uh, Columbus, Ohio and Pasadena, California. We've got about 12, 12 engineers. Uh, most everybody's an aerospace engineer. Uh, we do a lot of compute. We're kind of a DIY shop. We build our own computers, do a lot of our own software. Uh, we're fortunate to be in central Ohio where we get a, have a fiber connection to a supercomputer center that we also use. Uh, still do a lot of uh, wind tunnel testing and other, other things related to race cars. Um, but the other, some of the other things we do, we've kind of diversified and taken that, that motorsports mentality of quick product, development and applied it to different industries, which is pretty neat. I mean, a lot of the guys that are on, on this week, uh, you know, are, are focusing on motorsports business, but they have other businesses, whether it's defense or they have other lines that they work in because for some reason, the way, you know, that motorsports work ethic or mentality really works well in other, other areas that kind of uh, hard pressed time frame thought process. So uh, we're in oil, you know, we've done oil and gas work, medical devices, a lot of aircraft. These days, aircraft are UAVs and urban air mobility. Uh, so we're doing a lot of that. Sports, um, our UK office does a lot of cycling and sliding sports work. So uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Anything that has airflow, fluids, gas, water, oil, um, we, we love to work on it. So, as I said, Brad, kind of going back and talking about what we did last year, we tried to show, like, what, what can Aerodata tell you? What can you do? So it helps, as we said, it helps you understand your car better. So I'm sure as, uh, you know, if you guys watched Danny yesterday, when you're doing simulation stuff and you're thinking about engineering a car, you have to consider all the things that go into it. It's the tires, the, the dampers, the springs, the kinematics, the suspension, and a big player these days is obviously aerodynamics. So we need to be able to capture that, uh, understand it, and then possibly even model it in, in these lap simulation programs or model it in, in, a, in another way to help us make decisions, uh, both in design and on the race weekend for setup work. Mostly the biggest benefit we see is that, you know, understanding your car and then also being able to optimize what you have. It's not always a development task. A lot of times it's just optimizing what you're given. 
I mean, we know these days racing is a lot of, uh, you know, spec series or light cars out there, you know, even at the top level, uh, IndyCar, NASCAR, you know, the cars are essentially uh, the same. And then it's about optimizing what you're given. So understanding these things are, are, uh, are really important. So we want to understand the trade-offs between uh, lift and drag, um, looking at, you know, optimizing that around laps and trying to figure out where, where we want to be. So we, we do that by creating a map of this, what we call mapping of aerodynamics. And we showed this last year as well, where we're looking at plotting um, the, with this particular small formula car, like an F3 car, we're looking at different ride heights, so front and rear ride height changes, and has the, you know, shows how the forces, both the lift and the drag would change with those ride heights. So we can say around the lap, now we can understand what's going on and possibly uh, change that or optimize it, make sure that in a mid-quarter situation when we need the downforce, we're in the best uh, attitude that we can be. Um, we could do that through springs or whatever it is, but at least we have the data to understand what we're doing. So how do we go about doing that? Um, what we've done here at TotalSim is uh, we have a manual method, but we've also uh, scripted that up so that our engineers and other people that use our tools have a repeatable way of doing it. It used to be in the beginning with CFD, it was kind of uh, handcrafted. And some people still do it this way where you, you start with some geometry, you have to build a mesh, you have to understand all the boundary conditions. You're basically virtual, building a virtual model of a wind tunnel uh, every single time you do that. So we've automated a lot of that. Uh, and we have one example uh, of this app is a, a TS Auto is what we have. And it's basically a complete workflow for uh, repeatable uh, process for doing vehicle aerodynamics. And it could be race cars, could be road cars, uh, could be a, a bicycle, but uh, something that, that runs on the ground that we have that type of wind tunnel virtualized so that we can do that. Now, in order to do this, we have to, um, obviously we have to get this, <laughs> this object, this physical object into the virtual world to do that. So uh, typically the way to do that is if you're, if you're a, a designer or a manufacturer, you're gonna have a CAD or computer-aided drawings, 3D drawings of your vehicle or your object that you wanna study. Um, and that's typically the way that, that it's done. So all this stuff is drawn in a, in a CAD software. Um, that 3D geometry is then input uploaded into uh, you know, the CFD workflow. Uh, we, we do a lot of naming so that we can treat things differently, like the wheels are rotating and the, uh, you know, the body's stationary, the wings are set at their certain point. Uh, we can do the kinematics of suspension. All that geometry has to be uh, taken care of. And I don't want to... I don't want to minimize the, the difficulty in doing this. It's, uh, it's a, it's a non-trivial exercise. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, like many processes that upfront work pays benefits in the end. So if you have that information, uh, it really comes through, really comes through in the end. Now there are instances where people don't have geometry. So we, we deal with that through, through, uh, reverse engineering, things like that, which we, which we can talk about, but, once the geometry is uploaded, and then we set up essentially what we want to test. So how fast do we want to go? Uh, that therefore, how fast the wheels are spinning, the road is moving, the air is blowing. Uh, what angle do we have the car at? What ground clearances do we have set at? What wing angles? All those things are set up in there. Uh, and then we'll run and process that data through CFD simulation. 
which for most cars like this uh, can be kind of accomplished in an overnight fashion, like uh, eight to 12 hours. And we're talking about running on a supercomputer uh, on maybe a couple hundred cores simultaneously, and we'll get, get an answer back overnight. Uh, and then we want to post-process the data. We want to get you know, all that tabular information, the forces, summary. We want to look at some images. That's the best thing about CFD is we can actually see what's going on uh, with the airflow, maybe try and help understand what attitudes or what things would be better. Um, and then we can take some of that data and process it and use it to do that, that race engineering component. Um, so again, back on the geometry is the first thing we have to focus on. How, how do we get that? Um, and if we don't, if we had CAD, uh, if you're in control of CAD, and it's becoming more common, you know, programs like SolidWorks are, are out there where people are doing their own CAD. Um, we've got, uh, we've worked with companies like uh, um, some, some hot rod shops and land speed guys that are doing their own CAD. So it's not like, you know, CAD is, is reserved for high-end engineering and large companies. There's a lot of people doing it. Um, and, it, and it really, once you kind of get over that hump, it makes it a lot easier to get into doing things like, like, like CFD. But if you don't, um, 3D scanning is also becoming more prevalent. We've, we've done many projects. We've got three examples here of a land speed car, uh, you know, a cafe racer and a, and a road racing Porsche that all were, you know, there's no CAD that exists for these things. Um, they're either completely unique vehicles, mostly in these three cases, they were completely unique vehicles that were handcrafted. Um, so we go in, and with a laser scanner, handheld scanner, basically uh, reverse engineer that car, uh, capture that 3D data that can then be used for uh, both CFD and other things. Then it, you can use that to modify the body, you could use it to make molds, you could do it uh, to make anything. So quite useful just beyond what we're, we're talking about here. So then the, the next step is this geometry input into the, into the CFD workflow. And for this, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. And uh, I've got a, a bit of a demo video. And this, this type, this work for us is probably, if you have everything organized, it's a half hour or an hour's work to input everything and double check it. Uh, but I've made it look like it's three minutes <laughs> by speeding this up. Just so I can talk over it, because I know we're going to live in it about a time today. But we'll, as you can see, we have a web interface. We, we can upload all the parts of the car, the body, the wheels, uh, everything that we need to put that car together. Then we upload those to, our, uh, uh, to the supercomputer. We can see a status of how these things are uploading. And then once we've uploaded them, we have to do a, a few things. We have, to, we have to take from the CAD or the known... Um, data that we've got from scanning and, and tell the computer where things are located. Uh, the radiators, for instance, we have to describe the characteristics of the radiators. We have to describe where the wheels are and where the rotation center is. All the typical engineering things that you would have to do, like even in a lap sim, like, like Danny was showing yesterday, that you, know, you have to have all those points and understand them and input that. So that's what we're doing here. Uh, we're checking everything, uh, understanding like where the front wing is, where the pivot points on the wings are so we can make adjustments later down the road. Um, and then we're, so we're loading all that geometry in to describe this assembly of parts that we want to take to the wind tunnel and test. Um, and once we're, once, we're, uh, once we're done with all that, um, kind of move forward and we, we can pick an assembly, uh, essentially build an assembly of all those parts um, and call that our new baseline. Um, and then, then we can create a run 
Uh, and from this, we want to set a speed, a yaw angle, all these things that we're talking about that, that describe the attitude of the vehicle, what ground clearances we have. Um, and for race cars, typically with a formula car, even, even sports cars, this ground clearance and where we're uh, holding the attitude of the car is critically important to the aerodynamics. So that's why typically when we talk about mapping, we're talking about, um, we're talking about uh, um, what's, what it's like in relation to the ground or the air. And, and especially with a formula car like we have demoed here, that ground clearance is critical and changes the aerodynamic performance uh, uh, hugely. So, so we have to be very conscious of it. And, and we're talking down to the millimeter type accuracy here. So uh, once we've got that loaded up, we can obviously uh, do it. We have a viewer here. We can see the geometry, make sure it all makes sense, uh, that we've got every, all the parts we need uh, to, to uh, put it together. Um, understand where all the, you know, we've got radiator cores, we've got the, the suspension and everything loaded up correctly. Um, and then we can make some, uh, um, once we've got that baseline run, we can then duplicate the run and, and just simply change certain things like uh, the, the ride height, the ground clearance, the wing angles, uh, the speed that we're running at. Any of those things, any of these variables can then be edited. I create a new run, save that, um, and then move on to, uh, move on to another run duplicate it, continue to, to create this map of runs that we, uh, that we want. And once we're done, once we're done with all that, then uh, we've saved the last run and then we can uh, actually submit that run uh, to, the, to the computer. So the next thing that happens in the, in the process is the actual solving of the case. And just, just to remind everyone what's going on, uh, what we're talking about here is CFD. So this is it's essentially a virtual wind tunnel. Um, so we've taken that 3D model and then we've told it all the things that we need to do uh, as far as the wheel spinning, the road moving, the air blowing, what's going on there. Uh, and then from that, uh, we have to solve it. So part of that solve process is we create uh, a vir we virtualize the, the air by breaking it into tiny little blocks. And at the top here, you can kind of see a slice through the mesh. So we build this, this mesh of tiny little cubes that are all in the air, and then we're solving math in each one of those, each one of those cubes. Uh, and for instance, with this F3 car, it's probably about 80 million little cubes um, that we're solving math in as the air flows through. So the air comes in at a speed and a pressure, uh, and then something happens to it, the, the body deflects it, and then we calculate the vector, and that goes on and on and on. And that's what the computational part of computational fluid dynamics is. So that's, that's what we call the solve. So then once we've solved that, then we have all that information captured for all those 80 million cells. Now we can post-process it. So we can look at uh, what is the velocity, what is the pressure, what is the, the resultant forces on the car itself. Uh, and that's what we call post-processing. So, so post-processing. So when we post-process, we are collecting that, that data, we're summing those forces, and we're also making images and movies, streamlines, pictures of the, the surface pressures. Uh, we have all that information, so we need to render that. And that's a fairly uh, time-consuming process. And what we've done is kind of automate that so that every single time you get the same numbers out, uh, well, not the same numbers, but the same, uh, you know, you're filling in the same columns, the same parameters. We're pulling that data out for each run and we're getting the same images 
uh, for each one. So we can then do comparisons. So that's, that's really what, what's happening in that kind of black boxed CFD thing that we're, we're calling the virtual wind tunnel. We're gonna send it off, do that run, and then we're gonna get the data back. But there's a lot going on there for the 12 hours while we're, while we're doing it. So the next thing we wanna do, the fun part, is then get into the data. So uh, I will flip back over, uh, let's see, let's flip back over to the, uh, uh, the actual, uh, So then when we've run those runs, we'll get, we'll come back in, in the results uh, interface. We get, uh, we'll gather all the data, it'll come in and we've got a table of, of data that we can look at. Um, this, this gives us all our forces, all of our moments, everything that we need to, uh, to understand what's happened with the vehicle from a force standpoint. But at the same time, we can also kind of look at the run itself, like to the in individual run, what were the forces we got? Are we monitoring things like the flow through the radiator? We can also break down the forces because we have all the information. We can say, what was the drag on the body? What was the drag on the floor? What was the drag on the, the wheels? And then as we make changes, we can understand where we're affecting that. We can also look at things like what ha actually happened during the CFD run. Did things, uh, what we call is convergence. Did they kind of find a nice level and everything looks like it's solved correctly? So there's a lot of things, then we get we get uh, images back out after we're done. So we can look at all kinds of things like uh, surface pressure plots. We can look at uh, different uh, ways of understanding uh, how the drag is generated on the vehicle. And as I said, we've automated this to the point where we get the same runs uh, or the same images and same data every single run we do. So then that allows us to go, go in and do something like compare runs. So if we, if we have a run here that we've got a front view of the car here, we can actually go up and look at different changes. And you might be able to see it's fairly subtle in this one, uh, but we're, we're actually flicking between different runs and we're looking at quick comparisons of what's happened to the pressure on the car. Um, so this allows us to do some, be an analyst and look at the aerodynamics um, and do do a, uh, understand what what may ha may be happening um, on the vehicle itself. So um, another thing that we can we can end up doing is doing some uh, doing some plots. So if if we wanted to to uh, create some plots and try and understand what's happening with, let's say, lift and drag in this case, we can do a comparison. We know we've done a ride height sweep here, and we can see that that at uh, you know a certain ride height, or we've got a Pareto front here of possibly getting more downforce for a given drag. So just starting to analyze the data, starting to look at things like that. So going back to further, further post-processing, we, we do have uh, the kind of result side of things as well, not just for, for uh, um, car stuff, but we've also got a method that um, if we're not using the application itself to create the CFD, we can actually ingest data from other places. So another CFD solver or wind tunnel data, and we can use all that data in one area and start comparing those things. Um, then once once we've got this data again again what do we what do we do with it when we you know if we kind of go back and remember some of these these plots from earlier where we want to we want to 
create these maps of the car and then actually go use that. Um, an example that I can I can bring up quickly is is uh, we can build a spreadsheet. So it, it, we can take all that data that we had that shows those those plots. Um, we can create some curve fits. We've got these data tables. Um, so for every ride height, we've created a lift drag balance. Um, we can take that and input it into lap simulation like Danny was talking about yesterday. It can be used on a driver in the loop simulator, or it can just be used like uh, in this case, uh, this is an old, old setup tool that I had um, where we're comparing one, one setup to another. And we wanna say we wanna come in between sessions change the ride height and we want to know how much front wing we have to change to rebalance the car keep the balance the same in the middle of the corner even though we've changed the pitch attitude of the car we can adjust the wings to make sure that we have exactly the same aerodynamic balance in the middle of the car we can use once we've mapped out this whole parameter space we can we can create tools like this that allow the race engineer to then uh, go in and and try different things uh, experiment or make a change with confidence and say Oh yeah, it looks like we've got the data off the car, uh, and and this is what you know happens at the top top end of motorsports all the time. You're watching the telemetry, you're seeing that the aero balance is a little bit off. Okay, we need uh, you know a half a turn of front wing. How do they know that? It's because they map this out and they understand that to do X percent of aero balance, it's this much front wing to do that. They're not guessing. This this stuff happens because we've got this data. So that then one other great thing that you can do, if you've gone and run all these tests, whether it's in wind tunnel or CFD, you can go back do and, do and kind of like build a model and then develop like a scatter plot basically of saying, this is every permutation and combination of ride height or part that we have on the car. And then what ones are actually useful to us? Well, in this case, since we've got downforce on the vertical axis and drag on the horizontal axis, we would want as an engineer to say, I want for a given drag, I want the most downforce or for a given downforce, I want the least amount of drag. So you can find what we would call, you know, in engineering or math terms, a Pareto front here. So it's that, it's that edge that you want to be on all the time. I don't want, you know, if I, if I need 2000 pounds of downforce, I don't, I don't want to be over here with 860 pounds of drag if I can be 840 pounds of drag for the same downforce. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go several miles an hour quicker for that, right? You know, this being a speedway car or something like that. So that, this is what, in the end, the purpose of doing all this is to gather all that data, understand all these permutations and combinations, and then do some studies both offline and at the track and understand where those, where those, those points are. So that's really, uh, that's really where uh, I wanted to get today, Brad, to kind of, kind of add a little bit more detail into, you know, what we, what we ended up doing here to try and streamline that, um, you know, be able to, to have more people, um, you know, go, go into this, be able to gather data that they need and not, not just the, you know, the top level guys. So it's, this is incredible. Um, quick question, looking sure. at the, the TSA or the, the TS auto say on the total yeah. Sim website, uh, it says using total Sims TS auto app is an intuitive experience and requires little to no training with a user-friendly <laughs> interface. Uh, who can use this? I mean, do I have to have it as a marketing degree? people that put that out there? No, it's, <laughs> It's true. It's I, I think we've designed it for people that 
um, have that knowledge, have some ability to, um, you know, control their 3D data and understand it and then want to manipulate that. So we've done it a couple of ways. If someone has all the CAD they need, um, you know, we have several customers, even some guys that like do like streamliners for, for Bonneville or whatever that, you know, they've drawn their whole car, they can upload it and they can do some studies. They're, they're controlling the shape, they wanna study it, right? Uh, we have other people that like don't have the ability to do that. So we've gone and scanned the car, built the model, we can set up the baseline and then maybe they can iterate, right? Then it's there for somebody to say, oh, I'd like to study this or study that. Um, so that's kind of kind of where it's set at, and there there's some training involved in that, uh, but it's less training than crying, than starting CFD from scratch, uh, you know, uh, at a command line or whatever. So uh, tried to tried to strike a balance between between uh, you know ease of use and and the uh, you know there's still some difficulty in there, but it's it's reduced to a certain point. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it just, it simply looks like here, here's a great entry into, we, we've already done a lot of the work for you, you know, now it just becomes your specific thing. It's not like people have to, you know, right. figure out something from scratch. It's, it's incredible. And even just right. watching your presentation, but also having gone through the website, um, how useful a tool this can be for a lot of different industries, but more importantly, what we're talking about here, the racing industry, it's incredible. Yeah, and, and I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to downplay the, the geometry creation side of it. It's still a barrier to entry, but what we've seen, you know, from when we started this company 12 years ago and what we were doing 20 years ago, uh, you know, when I was at Ray Hall or, or Nathan was at, at Williams, you know, that CAD creation is so much easier these days, but it is still a thing that you have to invest in, you know, and it's an upfront cost to, to, uh, to get in there. But once you're in there, then, you know, these things are going quicker. And as we've seen with a lot of technologies, this stuff is just getting easier and easier by the year. And uh, I'm seeing more and more people and I don't want to, you know, say it's like, but, but, you know, it's like, it's going down market, right? It's not, this is not just reserved for the top level anymore. It's moved down to the, I mean, the serious amateur or the, you know, the next level professional. Um, so that's what we're seeing happening. And I think that's the happening with a lot of technologies across the sport, whether it's driver in the loop sims or other things. Yeah, I think the most important thing is uh, you're showing us this is accessible to people. You know, yeah. it takes something, but yeah. it's accessible, which is great. Right. Yeah. Nice. And we're, we're here to, to, to hold hands and, and help people do it. <laughs> Show them the way. Thank you, Ray. Thank you so much. What a great presentation. Always a pleasure to see you. We'll see Likewise, you soon, Francis. Uh, uh, <laughs> as well, too. And uh, thank you, uh, you know, for, for being with us. What a great week. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, you, you follow some pretty uh, heavy uh, uh, heaters. And uh, yeah, you put me in a good time slot. <laughs> I think so. I, think I we'll appreciate okay. it. I appreciate it. I don't know if I can live up to Zach or not, but uh, you know, try and you do it. <laughs>
and get their problem solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing, and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At ePartrade, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of ePart Trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. ePartrade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. There are two types of people, racers and everyone else. Racer Magazine is for those who believe that racing is a way of life. Racer embodies the excellence that defines a sport driven by passion, courage, and ingenuity. Get one year of both Racer's print and digital edition for only $39 with instant access to our entire digital issue archive. Subscribe now at info.racer.com.